All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. And SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbark. We have a great episode lined up for you today. We have a great guest lined up for you today. But before we get into all of that, let me tell you the intent of the podcast, sort of the why are we here, so to speak. And we're here to work out all of our trials, our hardships, obstacles, all of those things. We're here to work that out in such a way that we can begin to uncover God's plan for our lives. But you may be thinking, but Dustin, why do I need to listen to Scar? Like, like what's in it for me? And here's the truth. We all have stuff. We all have hardships. It's not if, it's when we go through them that can begin to pile up on our backs. And if we're not careful, it can even begin to change the trajectory of our lives. Now, with all of that being said, this is a great outlet. This is a great avenue for us to come on here and share our hardships and share our struggles and share our victories in God and what he's doing in our lives. With that being said, I want to introduce you to a great guest today, Miss Jenny Dent Bryant. Please, please say hello, Miss Jenny. Hello. <laughs> so we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. So now you reside in Clemson country, is that correct? Yes, I do. Everything's orange around Ooh, here. Well, I am an Auburn fan through and through. So we bleed orange and blue around here. <laughs> <laughs> So we are so excited about uh, hopefully getting the chance to have a little football coming up. Uh, don't know how long it's going to last or what it's going to look like. How are you guys feeling there? I think they're feeling pretty good here. They went back to practice and I think it was in June, early July. And a lot of the players have already gotten COVID. So they're kind of on the other side of it. And they, most of them were asymptomatic. So I think they're ready to play. All right. Nice. So um, before we dig too deep, um, I want to say that that Miss Jenny has um, an amazing book out. It's called Unleash Your God-Given Healing. And so um, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, Jenny, and, and kind of how we got to here. Okay. Well, I grew up in the halls of power of Washington, D.C., because my father served as senator and three presidents, and we had a wonderful life. And, but there was one thing about our family that was kind of unusual, and that was that a lot of people got cancer. You could call us the cancer family. My father, about age 50, got colon cancer, and my mother, a few years later, got colon cancer. So I was told when I was 30 and had just delivered twins, I was high risk for colon cancer, the highest risk of anyone in my family. Wow. So I, that's when I started being proactive about trying not to get cancer. And the interesting thing is that I haven't gotten colon cancer so far. Almost everyone else in my family has because it is so highly genetic, but I got a cancer I had no risk factors for. I got an aggressive breast cancer. Mm. So that's what got me to the point, uh, you know, where I had to bring out weapons of mass destruction that I didn't even want to think about, but things needed to be done in order to save my life. 
So, so going back, your, your father, um, how old were you when your father um, was diagnosed? I guess I was about, gosh, 15. Okay, and your mother? I was about, it was about a year later, 16. It was okay, when the so second parent happened that they were like, whoa, you got it on both sides here, girl. This is not good, you know? So, so at 15, 16, finding out that your father and your mother both had colon cancer and all of that, uh, how did that sit with you? How, what, what, was your, what was your feeling during that time? Well, I watched my mother go through a major surgery, and fortunately, by the grace of God, she didn't need chemo, and they caught my dad's early enough. So I, I really wasn't afraid, but I didn't want to get the cancer because I saw her go through the surgery, and, and the surgery really, really kind of scared me. And so I was determined I was not going to get it. And that's when I began to research what I needed to do to stay healthy. And I started developing this healthy attitude and starting to eat more fruits and vegetables and starting to look at everything I could do to not get colon cancer. Okay. And that's why it's so ironic that the cancer I had so much potential to get is not the one I've gotten so far. It's the one I literally, there are eight risk factors for the breast cancer I got. Dustin, I didn't have one of them. And oh, so they sure. did genetic, extensive genetic testing. And that came back with nothing either. Now my mother later on in life did get breast cancer. She died from that. And I was diagnosed four months after her, but the doctors determined it was not Genetics. So that leaves me going, okay, You're I have no in your head that this time, like what is going on? Yeah. Well, the doctors were amazed, but they told me that although they were puzzled, they said, we're seeing more of this people that don't have the risk factors and the genetics getting cancers. And it, it doesn't make sense. Well, I didn't stop there. It sent me on a quest to discover how a health nut who was trying not to get cancer got a cancer with no risk factors and no genetics. And so I wanted to know what caused my cancer, number one. And number two, because every weapon of mass destruction was gonna be brought out to save my life, I wanted to know what I could do as a cancer patient to help my doctor to beat my cancer and to lessen the side effects of all the treatments. So, so Jenny, let me, let me back up a little bit. So you were trying your best to not get colon cancer and you were taking steps and, and you mentioned fruits and vegetables, eating right, stuff like that. Was that, was that pretty much the, the, the basics of it was, was the fruits, vegetables, eating right, a healthy diet. Was that, was that what you yes. were doing to try to prevent? Yes, I was eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. I say a lot, I learned since then, that it needed to be more than that. The average American Dustin eats two, maybe three fruits and vegetables a, wet, a day, and they think French fries is a healthy vegetable, oh, and goodness. it is not. So I was you know, getting away from the French fries and the things that I know could, could be hard on the colon, and I was eating more fruits and vegetables, and that caused me to eat about five or six a day. I want you to know now I'm up to 10 and that's what the USDA now recommends because Americans are getting so many chronic diseases and it's highly related to diet, exercise and lifestyle. So with the good lifestyle and with the good diet, where do you think breast cancer jumps into play? 
Well, I would say this. There were four things I learned in life, and I spoke on these things because I was a wellness advocate. The diet and hydration and these things are important, but when I got cancer, I had to look at what I call the four basics of diet, exercise, hydration, and, um, and sleep. I had to look at those more closely, and then I kept looking, and I discovered a few more that I had totally flunked. Okay. So, so kind of take me into what that looks like. Okay. Well, let's look at hydration. Okay. Hydration can be uh, a main cause of headaches, of kidney stones, of cancer, because here's the reason why. God created the body so that every cell and every body system in your body works best when you are properly hydrated. He even said that, you know, we need Jesus spiritually, just like the body needs water physically. That he made so that analogy. True. That is so true. And so every cell is enhanced with proper hydration. Most Americans are not properly hydrated. Guilty. And when I'm you're guilty. in the chemo, when you have to go through chemotherapy, which I hope no one else does, but when you go through chemotherapy, hydration and upping your hydration is key. Because when you up your hydration, it makes sure that chemotherapy gets to every cell, but it also has to do its job and then it's got to move out of that cell and be excreted through your body. Because if you don't hydrate properly and add additional hydration, all those chemicals are going to get stuck in your body and build up toxicity. Mm. And so hydration is, you know, it's the first chapter in my book. It's the first step in my book. And it's amazing how many things are related to not being properly hydrated. Improper hydration is about half of your body weight in fluid ounces daily, but that's just the minimum. You sweat, you get hot, you go higher in altitude, you feel a cold or flu coming on, you up your hydration on top of that. Okay. I mean, think about it. How many times has a doctor told you or me, uh, you need to drink more water? Man, I can tell you at least 10 times yeah, I yeah. was told that. Well, I'm telling you, I'm listening now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Were you, were you studying all this while, while going through chemo or did all this come later? How, how did you uncover all of these? I was already studying some of this because my father died from Alzheimer's and my sister and mother and I were his caregivers. And I was looking for the root cause of that plus the colon cancer, trying to avoid that. So I was already studying these things. And like I said, I had to take a closer look when I got cancer. So it was that closer look that made me realize, well, you know, maybe I'm not, I could do better on the hydration. And, you know, exercise was already one of the basics I was implementing because I learned at the Alzheimer's Research Convention I went to with all the doctors that Alzheimer's is mainly a lifestyle disease. Oh, there's some genetics involved, but it's only 10 or 15%. Mm. So I realized that the disease that took down my father that caused so much pain for my family was not something that just happened to him by chance. It was his lifestyle. So and he didn't was smoke about, and he didn't drink, you know? What was what it about, about his lifestyle, lifestyle that you think maybe, maybe brought on that, that, that sickness? 
Well, I checked with Dr. Vincent Fordineski and Dr. Dale Bredesen, both high-ranking doctors from UCLA and Duke University, who are the top doctors, I would say, in Alzheimer's today. And they both recommend a diet high in fruits and vegetables. My father ate the standard American diet. They recommend that you get proper sleep because your body detoxes itself, including your brain, when you sleep. And my father didn't get the eight to nine hours of recommended sleep. He was good to get four to five. All his years in the White House, in the Senate, and then doing mission trips all over the world. I mean, he just ran like the Energizer Bunny, you yeah. know. And then, I mean, uh, then exercise, you know, he was not one to exercise. And like I say, he just, he certainly didn't hydrate. He drank sweet tea. That's not hydration because it has caffeine in it. So he really broke most of the rules, but he didn't drink and he didn't smoke and he had a great faith and a great attitude. And those are definitely pluses, but he had more minuses than he had pluses. But I now see that his Alzheimer's and I've studied it extensively was caused by his lifestyle as it is most people. Now some dementia is caused because of many strokes and, and some other things. But the whole point is, if we eat to the glory of God, if we take care of these bodies, we're less likely to get many of the chronic diseases that are high right now in America. We have some of the highest rates of chronic diseases in the world. So, so and we're a wealthy country. You just, you just, you just nailed something. You said, you said, if we eat to the glory of God, explain that. Well, it's just amazing when you look back, God tells Adam and Eve in Genesis, you know, I've given you these plants for your food, you know, and that was the Genesis diet. They got everything from plants. It was 100% plant-based and it didn't have a lot of chemicals in it, you know, back in the Garden of Eden. Then you get to Daniel and what does Daniel request mm, to eat instead of the king's high fat, uh, high meat, you know, the, what only the privileged people could have, he asked for, you know what he asked for? Do you know, Dustin? Yes. He asked for basically plants, plant-bearing, you know, fruits, vegetables, seeds, vegetable, things, yeah. and, and water. And who fared better? Man, I'll I, I tell you, it was, uh, uh, it's, it's almost an epiphany. I've heard people refer to it uh, the Daniel plan and, and, and all of that. And I, and I absolutely love that concept. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, have you heard of uh, what's that caveman diet? They call it. Um, paleo. Paleo. Is it, is it similar to paleo? Well, it's just eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds and drinking water. And research has clearly shown cognitively and you know, fighting cancer, all these things, heart disease, everything in the book. The more plants you eat, the better your system is gonna work and the healthier you're gonna be. We now have the modern medical science and research to prove that the Genesis and the Daniel diet is the best diet. Now, I'm not saying, I really like the Mediterranean diet as well. You sure. can have some fish, and I'm not against uh, eggs and animal products, but here's the deal. It shouldn't be the bulk of your diet. I don't think it was ever intended to be the bulk 
of our diet. I used to eat meat three times a day. I get protein three times a day, but it, I, it's meat occasionally, you know, because okay. I can get nuts and seeds can provide and quinoa and certain things can provide protein for me. And anything plant-based is easier for your body to digest. And so here's another trick I learned when you're eating plants, because sometimes I eat all plants for 30 days straight just to help my body to heal your energy in your body is going to more, more towards healing because 75% of the energy in our body helps us to digest this American diet that we're eating. You know, this is, this is so huge. Now I do have to say, Jenny, you're hurting my heart. Us meat eaters. <laughs> you, are, you are hurting our hearts because we love meat around here. <laughs> oh, me. Listen, me too. I was the junk food queen all the way up through high school and I was eating meat three times a day. So I'm stepping on my own feet. But when my life was on the line, I had to look carefully at what was I doing that caused my cancer. And the closer I looked, I found multiple things and I was a health nut. Yeah, so I yeah. wasn't health nutty enough. Too much, uh, too much red meat brings on this. Too much of that brings on that, and it's just, it's just good to live life back at the. Go back to the basics. Go back to the right. basics with what. The with more, what the more plants, the better. I'm not saying everything has to be a plant, but even the USDA is saying you need ten fruits and vegetables a day because here, here's the deal. Science can now tell us. Every plant chemical in a fruit, a vegetable, a nut, and a seed, and the profiles are all promoting healing. They all do different things, and the more variety you get, the better. But it's like God made these plants, as he told us in Genesis, science now proves he made them for our healing. He made them with healing phytochemicals and antioxidants. And the thing that we need to eat the most of, we're eating the least of in America. That's the point. Wow, that is huge. So now you said diet, exercise, and then what was next? Rest. 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 This, is, uh, this is killer for a lot of people in America. Wake up. <laughs> Listen, guys, rest, rest, rest. This is so hard for, for a lot of people to do. And so how could we find that margin? to be able to rest. Well, you can't afford not to be able to find it and you have to make it a priority because this is what I didn't know about rest. When we are in deep sleep, a hormone is released in our body called melatonin mm -hmm. and it is a major immune builder to fight COVID-19 and it is a major cancer fighter. So when you're living that, you know, rat, running on the wheel type lifestyle and cutting your sleep short. And I was doing that because of taking care of parents. I was working all day and then spending my weekends taking care of parents. And, and so I was, you know, missing some sleep. Then you're putting your health at risk and sleep is Dustin. It's totally free. It doesn't cost us a thing. So a lot of the things in my book, the first category at the end of each step, always tells you the things you can do that really don't cost you a dime. Anybody can do. If you're a young mother homeschooling your kids and you want to, 
you know, add to your family's health, the first category of things you can do that don't, don't cost a dime. And sleep is absolutely free. It's when our body heals, detoxifies, and repairs itself. It's the way God created it. So where does stress come into play? Because here's, here's the thing, like, like, what about people like me and my wife? We're on a habit of, a man, we'll take melatonin to go to sleep, you know, and... and that's so, fine. Yeah. If that's what it takes, do it. Melatonin is very valuable. It's better if you, if you make it yourself, but the point is, until you can get to that point, yeah, take it. They gave it to me during the cancer journey. Right, right. Okay? So it's not a bad thing at all to take melatonin, and there are some very helpful supplements that can be taken, but just think about it. If your kids are going back to school, as the schools open up, whenever they open up, you know, to go in person, and your child gets a good night's sleep every night, they're gonna be less likely to catch a flu virus or even COVID-19. Really? And see, the CDC is telling you all the things to do to socially distance yourself and wear a mask and all these things, and all those are good because they lessen your exposure and it's all about lessening exposure sure but with it you put your healthy lifestyle that builds your immune system you're not going to be as likely to get covid or if you do get it it's not going to manifest in some of these ways that we've seen 90 percent of the people where it's manifested with the cytokine storm it's because they have other underlying conditions related to inflammation and other health problems related to lifestyle and the number one thing is obesity i mean you're you 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 are absolutely right you're speaking truth they they talk about it like covid19 um some people get it it's it's absolutely they're asymptomatic no symptoms whatsoever and and then others with the underlying uh, uh, health issues are the ones who are suffering here and so you're telling me that proper diet exercise rest and, and all of these things can limit our body's reaction when it comes in contact with something like a virus, a cold, COVID-19, uh, uh, all of these things. That's exactly right. I mean, you look at exercise. I exercised through after my first surgery. I walked two miles on the hospital floor. They released me early. I was supposed to go home with tubes because I had 100 stitches and scars. They said, lady, you are going home with no tubes and we've never done this before because you walked two miles on the hospital floor. So if you have the balance and the energy, even during COVID, you need to keep exercising because it ups, it oxygenates your body. It does like 10 or 12 things for your body. But the interesting thing is it ups your B and T killer cells to move. Mm. What about all of the people who say, I don't have time to exercise and they picture exercising as some sort of grueling task. Like I'm bodybuilding for the next Mr. Olympia and, and just give us a rundown definition of your idea of exercise. Well, one of the best exercises for the average person is to walk a mile or two a day. Yes. You know? And so that's in, that is just so important. Again, just like water enhances every system and every cell in your body, exercise enhances every system in your body, including your immune system. I mean, your heart system, your digestive system. It's just, there's nothing that doesn't 
benefit. And you just can't afford not to because it's the sedentary lifestyle that is a major risk along with obesity for cancer and it's not helping with COVID at all. All this quarantine and people staying, you know, hibernating inside. Now, some people in New York City needed to hibernate inside because there was no room outside. They they needed to walk in their apartment then. If you can walk up and down the stairs in your apartment. I mean, we didn't stop moving through the entire COVID quarantine. We were walking three to four miles a day, distanced from people. But the point is, that's what makes your body healthy. So the person who, you know, is in the pandemic and they're being the sedentary couch potato and they're eating junk food and they're not getting exercise and they're not hydrating and they're not getting rest, they're not helping themselves. See, I love these. I love this. I love just talking with you about this kind of stuff because this is practical steps. These are real steps that people can take towards a healthy lifestyle. You are not talking anything that is out of reach of the modern person listening to this podcast. That is correct. And I just wish the CDC, they asked the CDC or they they asked Dr. Fauci and they've asked all the people up there, you know, what else can we do besides your CDC recommendations of social distancing and wearing a mask and whatever? And they said, there isn't anything. And I'm going, what? Yeah, wait, yeah. stop. No, there? Oh, this, yes. this supersized me. this body to heal. And we've got to move during the day. Movement. It does more than just enhance every body system. There's The lymphatic system is part of your immune system. And it helps to move the trash and germs out of your body. Mm. And if, in the cancer journey, I moved during chemotherapy. I moved for the six years of treatments, I was moving every day. Did it make a difference? Yes. And now the research shows that the best thing a cancer patient can do is to move, especially after chemotherapy. I was moving two miles before chemotherapy and two miles afterwards. And my doctors didn't tell me to do that. I did it by instinct. And now I see the Lord was guiding me because the research is clear now. Patients should not go home and lay down on the sofa. Now, if they have no balance and they're just sick to their stomach, you know, they may have to until they get better. But the point is, the best thing you can do after chemotherapy is to move your body. Mm. I love that. And so, and so we, have, we have diet, we have exercise and rest. And what was the fourth basic? Well, I, say, okay, I said uh, sleep, hydration, exercise, rest. You asked me about emotions and stress and that was another area that to be perfectly honest even though I was a health nut I flunked that area greatly and the reason was that 15 years of of taking care of all four parents as they passed from terrible horrible no good diseases and the stress it put on my body and my sister's body um, it was just it was it was hard, but part of it was I was caught in a grief cycle I couldn't get out of. Seeing my father for 10 years completely lose his mind, a brilliant man, and someone who had served the Lord faithfully all over the world, to see that happen to him, it's not that I blamed God, it's that it was just it was just painful. And so I was grieving and I just couldn't stop grieving. And it's one thing to grieve for a year because you lose someone. But when 
you still have them, but it's more painful than losing them. And it goes on for 10 years. And as soon as I got through that, then both my in-laws went down at the same time and we were their caretakers. That lasted for about three years. And then my mother came on top of that. So I was in a grief cycle. I couldn't, I couldn't recover from. And then I learned that long-term grief, not short-term grief, but long-term grief can derail the immune system. So you're on to something here. And so when, when you allow um, grief, stress, uh, when, when, now I'm not saying, I mean, it's human nature to grieve. It is, it is, that it is. is it's biblical to grieve. Right. But and now, you should express that, that, that grief, but 15 years is a bit much. That's a bit <laughs> much because there comes a time where God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. All right. And so it's time. It's time. And, and now, but we're not speaking, you, you know, it's okay if somebody is, is grieving. It is biblical, but there comes a time, even in a stress factor, it can be okay to not be okay, but we can't stay that way. That's exactly right. We can't yeah. stay that way. And the thing I really learned, and I'm a counselor, I should have known this. I spent 32 years in the public school system as an adjunct professor and a counselor in the public school system. And I should have known this, but I missed it. And that is these emotions, these negative emotions can have a impact on our health. And for yes. me, it was, it was grief. And yes, stress played a factor, but for some people it could be unforgiveness. It can be harboring anger and resentment. And we have to move, you know, work through these emotions. And God gives us, and I talk in the book, I have three chapters on using your faith to manage your emotions because God gives us things to help heal these emotions like laughter, like music, like meditating on his word, like giving our concerns to him in, in prayer. He gives us hope. He gives us all these things. And, you know, Paul tells in Philippians when he's in prison, he's telling people how to get through tough times. And he tells them, you know, pray about everything. Give thanks in all things and look for the things that are good yes. and just and dwell on those things. And yes. now medical research shows that those exact things promote healing in the body. So let me ask you this. You, you went through a lot for a while there with your father and mother and, and, and all of those things. And you, you navigated grief for 10, 15 years. What, looking back, what could you have done differently? What would you have done differently emotionally through that time? And this, this right here could possibly help somebody who's struggling with the loss of a child, who's struggling with a, a sick family member, struggling with uh, an addicted a uh, 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 son or daughter, what, what could you have done differently emotionally through that time? Well, I was trying to do the right things and I was doing a lot of good things. I was exercising. I was hydrating. I was thinking I was eating a good enough diet. I was not. Uh, but what I realized I could have done in looking back is there is a, an app you can get on your phone called Heart Rate Coherence only costs $3.99 and you put your finger on the eye of the camera and it takes your heart rate 
as you breathe to the little ball and you breathe up and down it, we've got to learn Christians as well as, you know, people in the world, we've got to learn how to manage the stress in our bodies. And if you can keep your body in more of a parasympathetic mode instead of fight or flight all the time, mm. then you're going to fare better. So I do it once a day. And in the cancer journey, that's when I learned about the Heart Rate Coherence app, Cancer Treatment Centers of America advised me to get it on my, all their patients to get it on their cell phone. And I did it twice a day because cancer is a stressful journey. Yes. And so this helps to balance your body so that you're more in the parasympathetic mode than the fight or flight mode. So that's just a practical thing that you can do. And I'm not, you know, Susan does the, the Christian yoga and I used yoga the deep breathing and the exercises to build bone density and to help relax, but do it to Christian music as Susan does it and do it to Bible verses and those kind of things. The exercises in yoga are meant to help you relax. Okay. And they're also can help you build bone density and relieve pain and do all kinds of things, but you don't want to do it the way that a lot of people do it for sure. Cause you know, we can take you down that Hindu road and some kind of new agey type things. But the point is if you're under a lot of stress, you need to be eating right. You need to be hydrating. You need to be exercising. You need to be sleeping and you need to be doing things to lessen stress on your body. Because when that emotional brain gets all up in a wad, okay, it does damage to yeah. your body, especially when it's long-term. And if you can calm the emotional brain through relaxation and through music, through praying and meditating, I mean, there's so many things that God has given us, and I go into detail with the research behind each one. Laughter produces healing chemicals and relaxation all over your body, the research is clear singing they say, they say laughter is the best medicine i love yeah. that and it is it is because you don't have to pay for all the chemicals that your body produces that promote healing and relaxation in your body and singing does similar things i mean people that sing live longer uh, your b and t cells go up when you when you sing i mean it's just god has given us so much that we can do and knowing that, I mean, you read the book, you will have a different perspective on health and our part in it. And you will be amazed at how God has created our body with so many self-healing mechanisms that we need to make use of. And we need to make sure we're not hampering the way he created our body to heal with our lifestyle. Jenny, I, I, I just tell you, these have been just gold nuggets here today. And I want to back up. You talked about Susan. For our listeners, she's talking about Susan Neal, And so that is, uh, Miss Susan was a guest on our podcast previously. You could even look back uh, or, or you can go back and, and listen to her as well. She talks about a lot of the, the similar things with the diet. You guys are definitely in the same genre, same wheelhouse. Uh, and, 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 and so I, I got so much out of both of these, um, these podcasts. And I, you know, I've started reading Unleash Your God-Given Healing. And I just, 
I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for your story and your willingness to almost, almost document this journey and, and what you learned along the way. I thank you for your obedience and your willingness to put in this effort and this work because I believe that, that once somebody grabs a hold of Unleash Your God-Giving Healing, I truly believe that once they grasp that and get a hold of the healing power that that you have personally, our body is a a tool. Our body is uh, is made to heal. I've even heard scientists say they really don't even understand why we die because our cells constantly regenerate. Yes, our body does regenerate. But I have to tell you this quick, funny story. When I'm at the cancer hospital in Chicago and I'm crying my eyes out to the hospital chaplain because I just don't understand how a health nut at that point got, got cancer. And he looked at me and he said, Jenny, you're an author and a speaker. Consider this a gift from God for you to help other people. And I hate to tell you what I told him. I said, but you don't understand. I don't want this gift. <laughs> and I will never speak about cancer in public. I don't want to be the cancer queen. And I'm certainly not going to go through all the stress of writing a book about it. But the more I learned, I kept saying, oh my goodness, these things I'm learning that help cause my cancer. Most people are doing these things and they're like me. They don't know. And so it motivated me to write the book. And this past weekend, at the uh, Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, my book got the top memoir, first place for the memoir wow. award. It was like confirmation. You know, this is something I didn't want to do, but God worked in my heart. I obeyed, as you said, and I did it, even though it was 3,000 hours of research and writing and an uphill battle the whole way during the cancer journey. But it was like God was saying, See, I told you to do this for a purpose. Jenny, you you obeyed, and I am so glad you did. I have a definition for calling that I love to use. My podcast listeners are very much familiar with me saying this. They probably already know what I'm about to say. And so the definition for calling is uh, uh, where God has placed you for impact, and you're thankful through obedience. You You had to write this. You, you you had to do this, and and I'm so thankful um, that you that you followed through on that mission because that's going to help so many people. And it's and it's basic stuff that you don't think about. It is stuff that you don't realize that you have the power to do in your own will. Right, and God created the body to heal. He can miraculously heal, but He has given us things that are healing every single day. Another thing I need to let your audience know is that I do have a cancer prevention and wellness blog at www.jennygiennybrandtbrant.com and you can download the exercise chapter of my book if you sign up for my blog. That's huge. All right. And, and so, um, yes, many of the listeners that have uh, that tune in here, I guarantee you they would love to check out that blog. Now, um, before we go, I, I have something that's on my mind that I want to ask you. Um, and I just can't help but think about this. What do you say to the person that says, but Jenny, I've been healthy all my life and I still have cancer. 
Well, I will tell you this, um, what I thought was being a health nut, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And the people that, let's just say, don't have cancer, they need to put a cancer prevention plan in place because the odds now, you have a one in two chance of getting cancer for the generation born today. And in back in 1930, it used to be one in 30 people got cancer. So you can see that our culture is changing, things are happening, and if you don't want to get cancer, you got to put a plan in place. And yes, I thought I had a healthy plan. I wasn't health nutty enough. And it's true, there's these outliers when you look at the bell curve. you got people on one end that do almost everything right and still get cancer, which is rare, but it happens. And then you've got people on the other end who do everything wrong and don't get cancer. And you can't look at the outliers. You have to look at what the basic bell curve shows. If you smoke, if you lead a sedentary lifestyle, if you eat the standard American diet, guess what, folks? You're high risk for cancer and many chronic diseases. So don't look at the skews on either side. Because there will always be those those people. There are some integrative medical doctors in the past few years, too, that I personally know who died of cancer, and they did a lot of things right. Beautiful answer. That That is the answer that uh, we needed because there are those that are just that 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 are just rare occasions. And we can't we can't just look at that. We have to look at the whole we have to. Uh, the Bible tells us to train our bodies like an athlete. And and so now that doesn't mean like uh, uh, just an intense idolization, making an idolatry out of physical fitness. That means being smart about what you've been given and, 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 and utilizing to the best of your God-given ability what you have and the time you've been given here on this earth. And I love these practical, practical steps. Um, Final, final push before we give you a chance to, um, to kind of tell us a little bit more where we can find out some more, where we can get the book, all of that. Before we get, before we get to that, what would you say, Jenny, to somebody who's, who's, who's in that grief stage right now, who's dealing with sickness or loss, uh, or, or somebody who's just found out, um, that they are facing a, a hardship of some sort of either, whether it be genetic, whether it be a lifestyle of bad decisions, what is that ray of hope that can keep us pushing on uh, uh, day after day? I call it in my book, dwelling on the eternal perspective. I lost a good friend, a good friend of mine's son to brain cancer just a few days ago. And he gave it all he had, but he was diagnosed stage four. And you know what they're dwelling on right now is that his body is healed. It's whole. He no more has, he doesn't have brain cancer anymore. His body got so weak. It's going to be totally restored in heaven. That eternal perspective. I mean, only Christians can say we have that perspective. So even if cancer is what I call your ticket to heaven, as it was for my mother, my mother was ready to go and she was celebrating. And I think that's the way we need to look at it. When we are in Christ, we still have the victory because Christ has paid for our sins on the cross. And when we die, we're just going to go to heaven. <laughs> so, to live is Christ, to die is gain. 
Right. So yeah, I looked at that, you know, when they, when they diagnosed me and at one point they said, look, it looks like you're stage four. It's aggressive. We can only keep you alive, extend your life. Uh, you know, I was looking at that eternal perspective. I was fighting. I think we're to fight. I was fighting with everything I had, but that was my, that was my one thing I could hold on to. Well, I just, I'm just going to move my address to heaven if I don't make it, you know? <laughs> so that's a great thing to hold on to. That's, that's a great outlook, Jenny. That's a great response. I love your faith. I love your, I love your attitude towards all of this um, and your mission as well. To anybody who is curious more about Jenny Dent Bryant, who's, who's curious about Unleash Your God-Giving Healing or, or any of the things we talked about today, where can they go? They can go to that www.jenny, G is in girl, I N N Y, Brant, B is in boy, R A N T dot com. You can order the book from there. You can download that chapter on exercise as a sample chapter. You can sign up for my cancer prevention blog, and I keep giving updates of new information. I'm learning. I'm big on the intermittent fasting now because that helps prevent cancer, dementia, heart disease, lower inflammation in your body, and it's not too hard to do. And now cancer patients can choose to do that during chemo to make the chemo go to the cancer cells more than the healthy cells. Now, wouldn't that be a nice thing? Yes. And, uh, and give us that link to the blog one more time. It's www.jennybrant.com. Love it. Hey guys, listen, uh, to, to, to our listeners, you cannot afford not to do these things. Uh, she said it uh, best earlier, and, and I just want to encourage you. These are practical, serious, real-life, uh, uh, easy-applicable steps that you could take to making a change uh, of, of, of who you were yesterday and becoming a better person tomorrow, becoming a healthier person tomorrow, and taking it day by day. Our life is a journey. It doesn't have to be uh, a, a daunting task to help. It can be practical steps each and every day. Jenny, I want to thank you so much once again. And uh, if you will just hang on for just a moment, as for our listeners, I will see you in the next couple of days. <laughs>